welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational and entertaining auto detailing podcast, hosted by Marshall Hill of Total Auto Solutions and DJ Patterson of Eco Green Mobile Detailing. Grab a pint and enjoy. Hey DJ, guess what's in a couple weeks? Um... I don't know yet. Wait, what's 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 going on in a couple weeks? Vegas, baby, Vegas. <laughs> I figured you were going down that road. Oh, yeah, you ready for Vegas? I am ready for Vegas. Huh? Vegas twice in a year now, though. Ooh, yeah. Good for you. What else are you gonna do while you're in Vegas besides hanging out with me? Do I have to hang out with you though? You do. Damn it. Nah, just Ben. I think I'm gonna hang out with Ben. Oh. Yeah. Jeez. And you can hang out with us if you want to. Wow. We're going to go to this really nice prime rib place. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, if y'all want to come hang out on Friday night at Mobile Tech, Ben wants to treat everyone to ben a prime Ben is taking rib. us all out. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get together with Ben from uh, Narwhal Trailers, and he wants to go eat prime ribs. So, uh, but wanted to make sure DJ still wasn't a vegan. He did. He texted the hair, you vegan, vegetarian, or what's up now? It's we're been like, years. We're like, uh, we'll probably be at In-N-Out, but you know. Dude, In-N-Out. So yeah, that's where I'll be in a couple weeks of In-N-Out Burger. Let's, let's go back and rewind this. Anyway, uh, coming up, Mobile Tech Expo. We've got uh, Ben from Narwhal, DJ and I doing an environmental discussion on how to be profitable as a mobile detailer but yet being environmentally conscious and dj and i will also be doing a discussion on how to build a brand yep there's nothing more important really right now for detailers on that side of the business of marketing than learning to how to build your brand so it's going to help everybody continue on for years of uh great sales and service and continuing to grow their business so uh dj Thinking of Vegas, what is it that you are most excited about? Uh, honestly, meeting new detailers. Ooh. Yeah, nice. definitely. Well, cool. Well, we hope to see everybody there, Mobile Tech Vegas. And um, we're also going to be doing a little pint night, right? A little, a little pint, pint happy night. hour? A little, little happy hour. A little happy hour. From 3 to 5 on Friday. Are you wearing your beer socks? Ooh, with you know, my flip flops, beer socks, and flip flops. You can cut the toes Ooh, out of them. I don't know this. about that, DJ. I don't know about that. All right, we'll see everybody there in Vegas. Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. We're doing another live event, Mr. Patterson. Is this an event or a it podcast? It is. It's an event. When you walk in the room here, open the door, it's an event. There's crowds everywhere. No, just the amazing display that... that <laughs> yeah, it's a sick-ass shop. It's sure. really cool. Like, <laughs> the amount of really great stuff that's on the wall. You walk in, you feel like you're in a really nice boutique, um, like a, a very high-end place. Like, Myron, you've done a really good job, man. Hey, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. yeah real talk. Yeah. Uh, from here at the Detailers of Oklahoma, we're live in Bixby, though, I guess. Not, yes. Not technically not in Tulsa. Bixby's like... We're just barely in Bixby. Yeah. Like... <laughs> <laughs> We didn't travel across the state to see you. From the small town of Bixby, Oklahoma. Yes. It's growing. <laughs> it is yeah, growing. It's, small it's definitely growing. Yeah. Um, we are doing a little fun uh, thing 
go ahead and introduce yourself, Myron. Who are you? What's your uh, company's name? Yeah, uh, my name is Myron, and uh, I own White Glove Auto out in Bixby. Um, we do everything from like detailing to window tinting, paint protection film, ceramic coatings, accessories, I and mean, so on. I mean, it, we pretty much do anything except for body repair, paint, and mechanical work. Nice. So I'm sure you've got a guy for that. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do have recommendations for those. Sweet. All right, so Myron told us just a second ago he will only be consuming little bits at a time. Yes, a little bit of alcohol. I do not drink. Yeah, all good, man. More yeah. for me. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so we thought it would be fun to bring out a couple different beers. Now don't do that one shit again where you bring out the... the, the, the <laughs> <laughs> one day he, he, he was like, we're going to do something special. We're going to bring out some random beer for you to taste. And it was like natty, like those big, like 64-ounce, like disgusting... 14%, $2 beers, and it was just horrible. <laughs> so I'm really hoping you don't pull that yeah. shit today. Yeah, what was at the end? Coors Light. The, the, what'd you call it, I think? It tasted like the bottom of the barrel because all the nasty well, beers. Well, let's see what Myron thinks today. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done, Marty. Yeah, you're welcome. I, I figured I'd treat you right, Mr. Patterson. I appreciate it, man. Well, start it off. Tell us what it is you love about this thing that what, you What call don't beer? I like about this? Yeah, I mean, I it's just perfect. The uh, the can shows you when it's cold, and, uh, and right <laughs> now, use and right now it's display. right now it's really cold because the mountains are blue. Mountains That's are all blue. you need to know. All right, crack her open. I will. All right, Myron, as we crack into our first beer, um, give him just a little. What do you want? You tell us what. That's good. Okay. Um, tell us who you are. I know you, but like, where you come from? Give us the whole story, like where you grew up, who were you in high school, all that fun stuff. <laughs> okay. Uh, so High school, huh? Yeah. yeah way back. I mean, it was like yeah. two years ago, right? <laughs> yeah. <you're> right. <laughs> uh, so. Oh, I didn't need a full glass, oh, DJ. No, I just maybe like a quarter of a glass. Whenever you're done enjoying that, I'll <laughs> take the rest. Cheers, guys. Myron, thanks. Yeah, man, it's fun. Oh, man, mm. not the right comment to make. Let's rewind that and say that one more time. That tastes pretty good. <laughs> he hasn't had beer in forever. He's yeah. like, oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good, man. I haven't <laughs> drank in a long time. Hey, <laughs> uh, cool. So, your story. Uh, so, yeah, um, originally, um, I'm from Missouri. Um, pretty much spent an entire... Where in Missouri? I'm in Missouri, uh, central part of Missouri, like uh, Lake Ozarks area. Um, I didn't spend too long up there. Uh, I spent most of my life here in Oklahoma, here in the Tulsa area. Um and went to Union High School. I actually go Redskins. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. I actually did not finish high school though. Oh. I did not. I. Uh, That's interesting. I left high school in tenth grade. Um, got my uh, GED. Uh, GED. Yep. Yes, got my GED, and then uh, went to a tech school. Uh, and then actually didn't even finish tech school. Left tech school too. Like, screw, I'm going in business. Like. Yeah, exactly. Uh, everybody. I thought I was going to be a failure, but I mean, me yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, anyway, uh, that's kind of, you know, where I come from. So That's awesome. What, uh, I mean, you don't have to go into detail, but like why, why the quitting, why all that? So um, I thought I wanted to be like an auto mechanic for the longest time. I went to Oklahoma Technical College mm -hmm. and uh, – I went there for maybe six months before I left because um, I got a job at Joe Cooper Ford. Um, I was at Joe Cooper Ford. Then I went to Bill Knight Ford, um, and it just didn't turn out to be the way I thought it was going to be. Um, I wasn't really happy doing it. What, what didn't you like? Uh, I just really didn't like working in 
you know, super hot temperatures, under a rush all day. Um, you know, I, I like working on cars. That's not the thing. It's just, you know, uh, dealerships kind of put you under a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also wanted to be a service advisor at Bill Knight. Uh, I actually got passed over for a service advisor five times before I said I quit. Uh, so I was just tired of having people over me. Um, I wanted to be my own boss. And so I quit Bill Knight and jumped right into starting White Glove Auto. That happened back in 2015. Yeah, I was going to say, it was. I think the first time we met you, you had just just opened. Yeah. Uh, so you came four, to a workshop. Four, four and a half yeah. years ago, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it was the Sonax workshop. When, it was, uh, yeah. 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 Sonax came down and put on a workshop. There was quite a we had a that was one of our biggest turnouts, yeah. 30 guys show up. Uh, yeah. yeah. You had two or three of your team there. Yes. Um, how long had you been open? Uh, when we came to your event? Yeah. Uh, man, uh, probably six months. Yeah, wow. it didn't seem like it was long, but you had already grown into a little crew. And Yeah, uh, so, I mean. What uh, What made you decide you went from, you know, mechanic to, you know, wanting to be a service advisor and then, I mean, why <laughs> why detail? Why, why glove? Uh, so... Cheap labor. Yeah, you know, exactly. <laughs> Five, six years old, I'm in there just kind of helping out, this and that and the other. Um, and then she actually started her own detailing business um, in Missouri. Mm. Uh, she detailed for Burt. Um, and it was called White Glove Detail. Nice. <laughs> so that's where <laughs> my name started family. from, exactly. Yeah. So I just changed it from White Glove Detailing to White Glove Auto um, and put my own spin to it here in Tulsa. So, so you just growing up being with your mom and being in the shop just naturally that's just what you exactly that was the first thought was i should open up a detail shop yeah i mean that was the kind of the in a way to me i thought it was gonna be cheap <laughs> so i was like i'm gonna start my own business i got well, five grand we've, in talked, we've talked about that it is a low One entry. Of the most, yeah. most lowest entry so think of when you open and like click i want to do white glove what did you invest in how much uh, i had five grand wow. there you go five grand and then through the years of climbing you're in this immaculate, really nice shop with a very great clientele base. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's amazing, right? That's the story of detailing. <laughs> that's that's the the beauty of where we're at in our right. industry. Yeah. So that's cool. So what? Walk us through those phases. Uh, ever since I started. Mm-hmm. Uh, so pretty much, you know, I started with five thousand dollars. It was me and a best friend, which was not the greatest yeah, move. <laughs> that did not that's go. I didn't go that great, honestly. Uh, it was about two years in when I told him that we need to part ways because he just wasn't putting in as much time as I was. It's tough. It's tough. So uh, we're first still business? friends. Was that your first business? Yes, it's my oh, first business. We are still friends. Still friends. Yeah. So. Um, uh, but other than that, yeah, I started the business when uh, in 2015 with five grand. I got my shop. Um, we got all detailing chemicals. It was just me and my best friend. And uh, honestly, we went two months without a customer. Ugh. Two months without one person. I didn't know anybody in the automotive industry. I had no clue anybody. I had no hookups. I was just trying to advertise on Facebook. Yeah. I couldn't get nobody to call. And uh, that was tough. Um, and so I actually did a giveaway on Facebook, and that brought me in my first customer. My first customer was free. <laughs> I love it. I love it. He's got to market the shit out of that guy, yeah. right? <laughs> so, uh, Who was the first customer? First customer, I forget her name, actually, um, but it was a lady, 
and she brought in a Hyundai, uh, I believe it was an Accent, and uh, we did a full, complete detail on it. I mean, inside out, engine bay, and everything. Uh, she loved it, and she still. Oh yeah, of course she did. (laughs) (laughs) uh, You did all that free, yeah, I love it. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, it was it was pretty good detail, um, and she followed us on our Facebook page, and she still likes our post to today. So that's awesome. Yeah. Has she come back? Actually, she hasn't. Yeah, of course not, because she has a Honda, and she has an accent, so. So. You mean she talks different? No, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really see many accents in this shop. I look at the cameras, and I don't really see much under 100,000. Yeah. It's a pretty loaded shop in there. Yeah. We stay pretty busy. But, so, anyway, two and a half months, you get a customer. What do you do with that first customer? Man, that first customer, I took every picture that I could and <laughs> used it to yep. my advantage. Yep, right. yep. Posted it on Facebook. I shared it around. Um, and actually... You, um, you pretty much built most of your business off of Facebook then, right? Exactly, yeah. So I did a lot with Facebook, a lot of advertising. I also did Google AdWords. Mm. Um, so that was another one. Which do you think has worked out the best? Google AdWords. Biggest one, I think. Sweet. Facebook's the next one. Yeah. Uh, why do you think it works better? Uh, it's everybody uses Google. Mm-hmm. Google everything. It's that's like the first thing everybody mentions whenever they, they go on the internet and look for something. With the Androids, like, hey Google, and now what you say with Androids. Uh, I, I think, think so. It is, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So. Do you know what your cost comparison was? Did you spend more on Google? Uh, back then, I spent a crap ton on Google because yeah. I had no clue how to um, get my click ratios mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. more quickly. It's so confusing yeah. to try to set that up yourself. It is yeah. very confusing. Actually, uh, my dad helped me with that. Uh, he focused a lot of his time on learning AdWords, and he actually started learning AdWords for me. So I actually today still do not know how to do that. <laughs> so confusing. Yeah. yeah. So and then they'll change their algorithm. You know, and then it oh messes yeah, all everything the time up. you have to keep up with that. Yeah. My dad tells me about it all the time. So. Hmm. <laughs> You're like, yeah, sure, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. All right. So anyway, you you're marketing a ton of about that car and then just somebody yeah, I mean, somebody else calls or yeah what? it was exactly that after i started posting that car up i mean people actually started calling it wasn't that many i remember going home um to my significant other and you know i'd be like oh my god i got one call a day you know i got two calls a day you know so on you know and it kept going and uh so i was super excited to start getting calls and they were coming in from google um so Snowballing from there, uh, and then I started attending uh, car shows, and uh, got on with Caffeine Gasoline. Um, I actually reached out to I guess uh, Kurt, the guy who runs Caffeine Gasoline. I didn't know if they had a detailer or anything at the time, um, and I ended up getting in with them. And uh, so doing car shows and Caffeine Gasoline that actually helped out a lot too. So, that. so when you say you did car shows, like uh, I didn't run the car shows. Like I went to car shows. I like them. yeah, we went out there and started walking around to people and talking to people and giving out cards. Uh, I was really trying. How'd that go? Because I've sucked. I almost don't even like going to car shows. It is hard. I do not. I'm not an outgoing person. I do not like to interrupt people at conversations. So um, I, it's not very easy for me to go up to random people and to start talking to them. Um, and but I got forced myself. And when you were there talking to, I mean, walk us through. Do you, if you remember, you know what, 
Well, really, how, how mean, do you go if, if you're going to tell somebody to go market at a, a a car show? I struggled at it because I would start talking to people about the cars, and they just if if you're telling them about the car, you know, or, you know how great their cars, they like it. As soon as you mention anything about care of the car, or I just everybody would always turn me off, almost even walk away. Yeah. I have people just turn around and walk away. Just oh like, yeah, ugh, just, yeah, brutal, yeah, just, brutal. People don't like to be marketed to like that. You know, it, it is kind of tough, but you got to do it. I mean, it really, you get a hundred no's to get one yes. Um, so and you that's did the same takes. thing and just kept going with it, though. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's what I kept doing. I went to every car show that I could. Um, like I said, caffeine gasoline was a big one, um, and I kept pushing it on Facebook. Uh, it just kept getting bigger and bigger. Um, and then eventually uh, my dad actually invested a little bit of money um, and got us into the window tending and paint protection film. That's what uh, his investment helped us get into. How far into the... Uh, we were about six months in, seven months in, maybe whenever he did that. Oh, so, so uh, pretty quick. Yeah. I mean, I guess once, not pretty quick, you know, two and a half months, but pretty quick after that first customer. Yeah. He goes ahead and says, hey, I'm throwing in to help out. Yeah, because it was getting scary. Uh, honestly, um, six, seven months in, I was like broke. I mean, I had like no money. Even doing the small details I was doing, I had no money. I was getting scared. So I had to ask my dad, and I was like, I need some money so I can start doing something else because I don't think I'm going to survive just doing details. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to do window tinting. I need to do paint protection film. I've got to do something else to bring in another revenue stream. Um, and so that's what he did, and that helped me. I went off to training for window tint and paint protection film and learned how to do that. Well, I got to talk about how hard it is to get into that, the learning curve with that. I mean, how long did it take you to really catch on and be pretty good at PPF? Uh, PPF, man, uh, <laughs> it is tough. Yeah. It is tough. Even after I went through the XPEL training, um, their three-day course, I mean, that got me a pretty good head start, but, I mean, I'm still learning stuff. Gotcha. And yeah. I, I've been doing it for four years now. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, to get a pretty good handle on it, it probably took about a year, year and a half. I'd say 50 cars or so, and you got a pretty good handle on it. Nice. Yeah. What's some of the big struggles with PPF? Like uh, a detailer, like if somebody's going, oh, yeah, you know, I'm probably in the same situation I need to bring in, which we'll talk about. Let's just hold on. We'll talk about that. Okay. That was one of our topics. So before we jump too far in. <laughs> it's me being a detailer. <laughs> Sorry. Um, all right. So at that point, you're eight months, is that what you said? Yeah, about seven, eight months in. Um, and that actually started um, getting things rolling doing the window tent and doing the paint protection film. Honestly, I wasn't good at that stuff just yet then. I was doing a lot of practice. I remember when I first started doing window tent, I gave 10 free window tents away. <laughs> I was like, I will do your car for free. I just, just need your learn. car and yeah. to learn. I need practice. Um, I even did the training for window tent, uh, but I just needed to practice. Um, so I even did paint protection film for really cheap until I got uh, the paint protection film down. Okay, so I'm going to chase a rabbit there, though. Go get it, Marty. Well, there's a lot of people that say I- you even you find it across every everybody that makes comments about other detailers and cheap detailers. Mm-hmm. And it's always these these guys are too cheap. Duh, 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 duh. Stay cheap. No, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm just saying like, but most people when they start, they have to be a little cheaper. They have to be cheap because they have to get their name out there. And if like me, I was doing window tent and paint protection film for free or cheap. 
because it wasn't going to be quality work. It wasn't going to look that great. So I do not want to charge somebody. You communicated to your client like, hey, like, yeah. I'm just now starting. It may not be the best, but I'm going to give it to you for a stupid lowball price just to get my experience up. And they probably like, hell yeah, I'll do it. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And that's what you have to do. Yep. It's not. I'm that saying if you stay cheap, though, that's yeah. when. Yeah, you, but I just, I love that yeah. you said that. Though. Yeah, There's for sure. not too many people that would say, well, I was cheap. I mean. Yeah. But I love what they say because all you all you see across every inst- Instagram, Facebook, and you go into any of the forums, going to any of the Facebook groups, it's nothing but complaining about detailers that are cheap. And right. Oh, you know, da da da. Yeah. Exactly. And now you get complaints about you're too expensive, huh? Yeah. Actually, I, <laughs> actually I do. So. I know, yeah. <laughs> but you know, now that we've got the experience and we're well, we're very confident, I've yeah. got very confident installers. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna charge for that Absolutely. knowledge. And so. And you should. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for yeah. sharing that. Yeah. No problem. Anyway, so you're starting giveaway stuff for free, and that's how you started learning. Exactly. So, I, like I said, I still did the training for Window 10 and PPF, but I still needed practice outside of that. So, yeah, I was giving that stuff away for free or stupid cheap um, until I started getting the hang of it. Then I started charging more normal prices. Um, and, you know, it just kept rolling and it kept getting bigger. And people were starting, uh, my name was starting to get out there. Um, and,. So, I mean, pretty much after a while, I started charging normal prices and even a little above normal prices. So, once the clientele, ba- I mean, yeah, once you get up there enough, exactly. Uh, what's the uh, what's the actual term they call uh, uh, <clears throat> I'm drawing a blank. Insert crickets. I know, right? Go ahead. I don't know the cricket noise. You don't know the cricket noise? No, I don't. I'll try and edit it in. It is actually really cool. If we could figure out how to do it. Oh, there's a way to do it. I just don't have the time to do it yet. (sighs) Time. (laughs) Time is very important. Time is very important. Yeah. It's about time for another beer. I'm ready. Okay, let's get it. Let's go. All right, so, Myron, your second choice for tonight will be. Hold on. Second choice. DJ gave his second favorite beer. First. No, 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 no. It's your second favorite. You've already <laughs> dethroned it. And this is one of my favorites. Hey, I've actually had that before. I don't really like that. Don't! Oh! <laughs> I'll taste it again, though. I'll try it again. Thanks. <laughs> he loved your Coors Light, and he doesn't even barely even want to drink my Bud Light. Lime. Wow. Uh, I gave it a shot, man. It was a couple of years ago. Yeah. I like Bud Light Lime because... It's just to me. It's just smooth. It's got that nice little limey, fresh flavor. Your favorite quote unquote beer now is truly, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm gay like that. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you actually admitted it on camera. Yeah. It is what it is. The amount of people that drink Truly is incredible. They say that it has saved Sam Adams' business. Sam Adams owns Truly. Oh, really? And Sam Adams uh, actually beer sales have declined, but they completely dominate the market in Truly, and it's 60-something percent of their whole income. Wow. That's crazy. You don't know what Truly, but Truly is the new, it's a sparkling water infused with alcohol. And now there's like 10 other companies that are coming out with their, you know, sparkling water drink. Yeah, White Claw, which is disgusting. Oh, yeah, you should put White Claw, White Glove. (laughs) I should have brought it. (laughs) Oh, man. When you pick beer for a podcast, you have to think through all the obstacles. I know, I failed. You messed up. I failed. All right, cheers to Bud Light Lime. Not to your failure. Oh, that's horrible. Is it? <laughs> no, it's actually pretty good. 
That's not as bad as I remember. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's got. I mean, that limes. I mean, it's a. They no, say real limes. You're like dumping limes into your beer. I do. I like love lots lime. of limes, and I like lime water. You get my water bottle out of the uh, my truck that I carry around. It's got all the stickers on it. I always squeeze fresh lime in it. I just love lime. Bougie, Marty. Bougie. Bougie with a lime <laughs> that are six for a dollar. I'm yeah. bougie. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to cut, I cut, it, I cut it into squares, so I'm at like 10 cents a bottle. You're that cheap, too. <laughs> I can see that. You're probably not telling a joke. Oh, I'm not telling oh, a joke. <laughs> so that's how bougie I am. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Hey, so speaking of bougie, you have the most, let me careful. Since there's other, the you know, if we're in a room of Bro, this two is of the, the white most, glove podcast. Yeah. I don't give a you, speak freely. No, I would like there's you have become one of the high end shops here in town. Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. DJ's also a high end detailer, so that's why you know. Um, but given the clientele that you have, uh, I wanted to go through since both of you're here and talk about: is there a persona? Is there a perception? Um, of detailers, you know, um, I think we've seen given from, and I want to start the, the, the whole point of that was from your starting at a dealership. How did you perceive detailers? You know, I, it may be a little different since your mom was a detailer, but how did you perceive detailers when you were in the dealership or how did you not necessarily perceive the detailers? How did you perceive the persona of the way dealerships treated or saw detailers and you know honestly uh, the two dealerships i did work at they treated the detailers like crap they were the bottom of the barrel i mean that's, it, it's the way, it's the way it is. yeah 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 so it's just uh they do always get treated like crap um even though they're putting in a lot of hard work to get uh, these cars clean yeah. so yeah, they are. I say they're one I mean, of the most on, they, are. they sell a car and it goes to the detail shop. Without the detailers doing their magic. Well, yeah, no, that's my point. Like you, you got to produce. If you're selling a product, you have to a, make a it tangible best, product. Right? You have to make it presentable the best way. It doesn't matter what product you got. Exactly. And they're just detailers. To shit on the people that yep. are making your product the best. Yeah. I've always been like, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? Right. Like, it should be one of the best spots of the dealership. Right. But so many people just look at a detailer as it's just they're just detailers. They're just they're, ju they're just taking rags and wiping down a car. They're just washing it off. Like how hard can that be? But it's really hard if you are really trying to detail a car. Yep. It's not that easy. I mean, it, it's I we we do a lot of time into our details, and it's like I would like to you know have uh, somebody out there who thinks detailers or just doing easy work, try doing a detail like we do and spend, you know, 10 hours on a detail. Right. They'd probably change your mind. Um, you know, some people, so many people just think that, you know, we're, we're just quickly just washing it off and that's it. Yeah. So just cleaning it yeah, up. Yeah, just cleaning it up and just throwing it out the door. So have you guys ever felt, and maybe the question comes personally, I mean, there's, there's part of my life where I felt that maybe I was looked down a little bit because I was a detailer. Um, yeah, have I mean, you guys ever I'm perceive sure that from yeah. clientele that are 
you get that sometimes. There's certain people that treat you like you just kind of know based off how they talk to you and whatever that they're treating you like you're bottom of the barrel. But there's some that actually respect the hell out of what we do. Yeah. Um, and those people that you, I mean, you, those are your best clients and best people to deal with. But some people, yeah, they're just like. How do you get to that point? To the point of. Where they respect what you do. It's all based on the person, man. Exactly. Some people respect your craft, some people don't. Some people yeah. never will. No, they won't. I mean, yeah. some people look at you, they're just like, man, you built this from literally five grand to nothing to what you're doing. I mean, you're doing amazing now. I and mean, some people respect that and like, wow, you did an amazing job and like love you even more. And then some people don't give a crap who you were then and who you are now. Right, and, and exactly. They don't want their card in that bite and it is what it is. Right. Just, it's no sweat off my back. I mean, mm. I'm getting paid the same way, right? Right. <laughs> it's, yeah, so. Do you handle it the same way, like the customers? Oh, what do you mean? If if, if you know that there's a persona from that customer and they're kind of that okay. douchey. So it, it's business as usual. Here's your sign this form. Here's what we're going to do for you. Here's the price. The job's done. You're able to pick it up, take the payment. Good to go. See you later. That's how you treat them. Yeah. Just like business. Exactly. Like I'm a robot. I went through all the motions and all, but everyone else, someone that's just like, man, and I saw that car you put on Facebook or this and that. Yeah, I'm going to sit and talk with you. I'm going to, you know, have a seat. Let's talk. And we're chatting. And, you know, that's when you build a relationship with your clients. Right. Those are the ones you, you really like. Yeah, those are those are great. You spend more time outside of the detail and the transaction and actually yeah. talk to them as a person. But That's the important part. Right. You've got to make relationships. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure you do a great job with that here, too. Yeah. I'd always try. Right. So. When, when the opportunity is there, right? But if they're not, we can fill it real, qu- real quick. If they're if it's not there, we're just like, okay, here's the payment. Yep, exactly. Sign. Transaction's good. See ya. So my follow up question was going to be, which you guys already kind of went into, which is fine. Is how how then do you break that mold? Well, no, you you just said with the relationship. Like, how can you try and break that mold from somebody? They might just be stressed out. They might have had a bad day. They might just regularly be stressed out. You, you know, you really you just never, you never know what's going on in their life. Right. So how could if because I'm sure we've all and all the listeners, anybody's always had those customers. Yeah. Right. What's some tangible advice to to give to somebody that might be kind of that way? Well, I mean, uh, we get customers in here sometimes. Yeah, they come in after work, and you can tell that they're not happy. Like they're just like they're done for the day. They come in, they're mumbling their words. They're just quick with your answers, and they're not trying to talk. But I still, me or my sales guy Rick, we try to still remain happy with a smile on our face, talk to them, and try to make a conversation. And Sometimes we'll try to make a conversation and that person doesn't really respond to it, but we keep trying until they respond to something and start talking. You're going to talk to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and when they start talking, they feel better. Yeah. And sometimes we've turned people from having a bad attitude when they come in the door to leaving laughing. Yeah. So, I mean, you just keep trying to have some type of conversation with them. Keep trying different topics or whatever, especially if they're sitting there waiting for you or something. You know. So. And I think, I mean, that's a good tangible piece of advice. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to throw out? No, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Anything that um, when you're trying to talk to a customer, what things do you look for when trying to talk to them? I try to look at anything I can possibly relate to. Their clothes, 
their car, um, their job. I ask them what they do for a living. I try to relate to them in any way possible that I, anything that I can do to, to just make a conversation with them. Do you Facebook stalk your clients before you, before they come in the door? No. Just to kind of get a little bit I, of background on I them? do not. I've oh, actually, okay. uh, I may have done that with like one person who seemed pretty iffy over the phone. So you had to make sure he was what he was. Right. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So, I mean, other than that, I mean, I don't do that. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> No, I just. You, Do we need to talk about something? We're talking about clients coming we're in. Here on <laughs> Every time someone comes in and says, "Hey, is Marty here?" I'm like, "No, he's not. But how can I help you? He's got like one tooth hanging out, and like <laughs> this guy was rough. His eyeballs were like you couldn't see his pupils like that. Yeah, <laughs> my kind of clientele right there. <laughs> <laughs> was not clean though. Uh, you would have that's to. That's not my clientele. Yeah. So whenever he calls you, well, most start. of my customers. Do they bring us they, cars in like freaking spot? I'm like. They've washed them for me. It's, yeah. it's the best. Yeah. You probably have to see Yeah. So when you started that process of moving into as you continue to grow, did you find that um, as your business expanded and how that relationship go with customers? So... Um, like when we started out in Broken Arrow, we were in a pretty small shop. We're out there for like a year before we outgrew that space. No, I was in Broken Arrow on 101st, 145th. Same type of buildings as what we're in now, but um, which is um, what, what would you call this? I don't uh, industrial park, industrial buildings. Yeah, like prefab though, kind of. But but nothing yeah. really industrial anymore though. Like you've got like next, you got like a CrossFit. Yeah, there's a CrossFit there. right next door. Next I mean, to be like what is that? A freaking performance shop. Uh, well, just a few doors down, yeah, it's a performance shop. That's awesome. Do you yeah. get business from them? Oh, yeah. We, we do a lot of work with each other. That's awesome. So, yeah, well, I was just trying to put it no, uh, no, no, no. I, love that. I was just like a concept so people that are listening will oh, okay. understand where it you're at. It looks like an industrial like, park, but the businesses in here are not all industrial. Yeah. It's more like a lot of CrossFit and you got. Yeah, we got mechanic shops. Mechanic shops right. You got us. But you like got sheet yeah. Metal I mean, on the outside. Right. Right. You at know, the, one of those type at of. At the front, there's what Pizza Hut and. Yeah, Domino's. Yeah, Domino's. Yeah. Yeah. So the Remy's actually built this years ago. Yes. And they basically think of like a I associated to like a um, a monthly uh, storage units that they just made really big. Right. Right. Same kind of general and then some people call I, them that oh you guys are in the storage units really? <laughs> yeah oh, really? i've really had people call them that it's like oh, I, I usually try to nicely correct them industrial <laughs> park it's like Actually. we're not we're not operating out of a you know storage unit but but it kind of has that it does it does it does except i think when they lease them out there's some build out to them right oh yeah I, we can build out the inside however we want yeah so um, but anyway, so as you continue to grow and we're in this amazing place now, what's that relationship like with clientele? Um, so like when I started out in uh, Broken Arrow from that small shop, uh, for I was there for a year. I moved to here, Bixby. Um, and I did lose some clientele from Broken Arrow. They weren't too happy with that. It, they really liked using me, but they didn't want to drive all the way out to Bixby now. So it was kind of... <laughs> so... Let's let's actually put it. This is funny. Yeah, this, this yeah. This yeah. is a Tulsa ism okay, so right there. Yeah. This is okay. One hundred first, one forty fifth is one, two, three, four, five, six. 
six, seven miles away. Seven yeah. miles. Yeah, it is. And if we went to anywhere in a decent-sized town that's not just a million people, you go to a bigger city, yeah. seven miles is nothing. Right. Nothing. But we complain about it all the time. Seven in miles. Yeah. If, the other day, my sister wanted to go to a restaurant in Bixby, and I live kind of west Tulsa Jinx area. And I was like, that's on the other side of town. <laughs> Can we meet in the that's middle? That's like 20 minutes Tulsa. away. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Like, I was complaining about a 20-minute drive. Yeah. So that I could have a 10 minute drive. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's Tulsa. Like, it's yeah, crazy. it is. Anyway, so people didn't want to come out to you. Yeah, I, I did. Like, you're dealing deal with a different clientele at the time there versus now. Though. Yeah, exactly. Like, switch, right? Yeah, exactly. I, when I was out in Broken Arrow, I was getting some kind of high end clientele. I had, you know, maybe a Lamborghini, a GTR, a couple of Porsches. I mean, I, w- I wasn't, I was just starting to build the exotic clientele. Mm-hmm. So they would come in and be like, ooh. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. um, I, when we, when we moved to Bixby, that that right uh, that's, uh, yeah. that's a LMP three Le Mans race car. <laughs> nice. What else do you have in the shop? Uh, I got McLaren 650S Can-Am. Uh, we got, uh, a Calic Escalade and I think that's, we got a Porsche 911 in there too. So, nice. uh, and our new addition, our mobile detailing van. Oh, so, <laughs> when does that kick off? Uh, it'd be about a month. Sweet. So, yeah, cool. just got that last week. So, nice. did you go traditional power washer? Or no, it's just uh, we're gonna go waterless. So, nice. um, just keep it pretty simple. Um, and we're not gonna do anything too crazy out of the van. Well, it's just maintenance, maintenance washes. Well, that's pretty much it. Yeah, exactly. 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 Yeah. So, I mean, maintenance washes, when they bring them here to do like a one hour quick wipe down, you know, it just gets in the way over here with our big jobs. So I'd rather just keep it out. Have someone dedicated to just doing that. So we're not, it's not like we're doing ceramic coatings mobile. We're not doing anything like that. Just maintenance washes. I think that's been talking to some guys that have opened up shops like yours and are doing the volume with the high end clientele. They're finding a need to, okay. Well, how do I service that customer mm-hmm. after I've already brought them in for a ceramic yep. or you know all the yeah. stuff that you do? How can I service them to keep them as a client? And right. there's multiple people that are starting to grab mm-hmm. little vans, start doing one little side shoot of a mobile. So that would be a good thing to talk about on um, the second segment, the second topic. Okay. Um, when we talk about different ways that detailers can bring in different revenue. I'm going to go grab the next beer. Okay. We'll hop on to topic number two. Hey, that'll work. All right, we're back. Grabbed beer number three. Should we take a moment, though? Uh, Should we take a moment? I just, so we got Coors and Bud Light. Uh Uh-huh. And people will consider those just basic beers. Yeah. I'm going to guess the next one. You're going to guess the next one? I am, but I want to know if it's the same size as those because I can guess better. Give me a hint. Is it the same? Did you go with the same uh, 32 ounce tall boy? Can you guess? And this then has 16 give, ounce and in then it. And I'll give you that answer, and then you can maybe make a guess again. Or I'm maybe sorry, not. what? Like, just, just guess. Yes, you got another 16 ounce beer. No, can you just, like, just guess? What brand it is? Yeah. Is it the same styles we're going right now? You're not going to get it, so I'll answer that question next, but I just want to know what's on your mind. Oh, beer. Come on. 
Beers in my mind. What, what brand? Budweiser. You think it's Budweiser? Yeah, Anheuser-Busch. Anheuser-Busch? Yeah. I did look at that, and I almost went like that, you know, where they had those special... How about I Stella? I almost went for that. It's not a Stella. Oh, okay, I'm done. That's good. So it's not the same size. It's a regular, you know, 12-ounce. You won't get it. I went kind of way off the wall on this one because I just saw it, and I went... I didn't know why you couldn't drink. I, I You know, um, it turns out it was a health issue, so yeah. we'll just throw that out there. Um uh. And so I didn't know why, um, and so I just kind of went way out there and went, maybe, maybe it's taste. And maybe just wanted to do something fun. We're on beer number three. Beer number three, Cherry Limeade Rattler. Oh, I've seen that man. I've store, seen that, too. And yeah. I've wanted it so bad. I'm not going to waste money to buy it myself when I know I won't drink a whole six. Yeah. Thanks, Marty. So Rattler's... I can't. I, I forget. I keep asking people what defines a Rattler, but I think it's something to do with lemonade, if I remember right. Which is why they did the cherry limeade. I think a Rattler has something to do with that. Well, does it say on here? Mm, nope, it doesn't say. It talks about riding a skateboard or something. Mm. All right. So a cherry limeade Rattler. Uh, you still got some? Go ahead and pour yours. I'll be done. Yeah, we don't have to share the pour on this one. You can have your own beer. Oh, yay. You got a six? I got the whole six. Because <laughs> we like Rattlers. We do? We... I do. <laughs> you haven't. Well, you tried Rattlers and you got, oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. You don't like Rattlers? I do. I think for summer, they're great. It's a great summer beer. You got IG merch? Uh, I'm not really on there that much. I'm trying to get Cheers. going. Oh, you're still doing uh, Google AdWords, man. Stay with it. Mm, Google AdWords mm. and pay that AdSense. And, That's good. Yeah. And Facebook. I'm trying to get big with Instagram though. I've got like 800 followers, I think. Yeah. I had a good call. I, I, I might have nailed it on that beer. That's pretty tasty. Oh, that's really, really good. You can almost taste bad. that cherry limeade at the end. You definitely taste that cherry. It sits out there. I don't know if I tasted that. You don't taste I just cherry? tasted beer. Mm. You definitely taste the cherry. You taste the cherry. Really? Like, it's not kind of tasted. You taste it. I was going to give you a <laughs> It's all right. Like it's, but it's at the end. Yeah. Yeah, like after you drink, like it sits out there on your tongue for just a little bit. You like that, huh? Well, it's just a tip. Okay. Just, a, right. just, just a, tip. a tip on the yeah. tongue. Got just it. Just a tip. Yep. All right, so topic number two, we wanted to talk about DJ's tip. <laughs> His hey, tip of the day. Talking to the mic, Marty. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No one can see that. <laughs> um, we want to talk about, which we will probably talk about it 100 more times. We've brought it up in multiple past episodes. I just always find it important when, um, when I feel that there's somebody that has taken – um, the business and then branched out and tried different ways of growing business. Mm. Okay. So um, we've had different people on the talk about PPF. That was a very quick thing that you wanted to bring in. Why PPF and tent? Uh, PPF and tent. Uh, tent because for one, we're in Oklahoma. Everybody wants tent. Dude, and it's so hot right now. Dude, yeah, it is it insane. It is miserable. And you can, you can generally tell the difference. 
All right, we had to pause for a moment. I had to make that money. (laughs) (laughs) Customer come in, and I was blocking the exits. You parked in where it said, said, do do not park. park. (laughs) (laughs) But there wasn't really any other spots at that time. So You see us right across the way there. Yeah, but that's across the street. So Oh, I forget. You won't drive 20 minutes, so you're the guy that parks right by the door. You're you're the handicapped parker. I felt like I would be okay, but it wasn't. I graciously moved. No harm, no foul, right? <laughs> I had to you pause know? the podcast because of you, but whatever. No, 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 no. Yep. No. All right, we're moving back <laughs> we're, to we're, Oklahoma. We're it's hot. Hot. Myron, you went with PPF and temp pretty quick into because you said you just didn't think you could do enough volume as, you know, simply just detailing. Right. So what, you know, what brought that? You know, why did you want to go with PPF and film? And walk us through that transition. Um, well, so like, like what you said um, is, yeah, I was scared that I wasn't going to make enough money um, doing just detailing. Um, so I started looking into other revenue streams, what I could do. Um, and, you know, Oklahoma is a super hot state. Everybody's looking for tent. And so tent was like the very first thing I thought about. And so I figured it wasn't going to be too hard to learn how to do window tent. So I was like, okay, I'm going to try this out. We actually ordered some tent. We started doing it. It was extremely hard. So I had to go off the training because there was no way that I could learn it on my own. So I went off the training, did all that, uh, and then uh, got back into it. Uh, the shop after the training, did some more practice, and uh, it took off i mean just like i thought it's a hot state everybody wants tent so that was a good revenue stream um and then uh i was still thinking you know i want to do a little bit more so ppf was the next thing i looked into a lot of different brands of ppf um and i went with a company who i thought fit how much further after it was this couple uh, weeks it's couple like a months month. a year it's about oh, a month probably so not pretty even a month quick. So once you started doing tent, it just kind of started popping. Yeah, exactly. How did you tell people that you were doing tent? Uh, Besides the free ones that we talked about earlier. AdWords and Facebook. All the bubbles. Yeah. AdWords and Facebook. Yeah. Still, um, that is where we started advertising that. Well, of course, we had a website, too. So it was on a website. But, I mean, most of... So did you, you find the majority of your clientele were brand new purchased vehicles that got tent or was it did you reach out to past clientele maybe like a, de- a new service. like dj is big on you know email dropping and letting people know yeah, about so we we have a big client base of emails and then we have a new service like hey client base that knows us really well we offer boat detailing now or aviation yeah. detailing now and they're like oh we get tons of hits off that because it's a warm market so yeah is that the question you're asking it's sort of in a sense yeah i mean what let i wanted to kind of walk through that okay sorry. for four guys that are listening no not not sorry i mean that's that was it like four guys that are listening that they go okay cool i might want to bring in something i want to really dive into well then how do you tell people that that you're doing something new and so there's the you have that's why i was wanting you to explain okay and then what did you do so i can tell you at that point in business i was not getting people's emails i was not getting addresses i didn't either for the longest time bro i'm talking like five years in yeah like and i'm like slapping myself in the head today still like yeah and i wish i did that from the very beginning me too man but uh it was a big mistake and and, uh (laughs) i I don't do that anymore (laughs) but at that time, I used Facebook and AdWords. That was still my two main things on getting the business in, on window tent. So, 
and what I mean, okay, but you got to really, I mean, I'm kind of dense. You got to really break that down. Do you take photos and show people why, you know, what oh, yeah, exactly. You're really doing? How do you tell exactly? So, I mean, at that time, I took pictures of pretty much every part of the process of our uh, software because we have a plotter and software that cuts our tent. So I took pictures of our software, our plotter. I took pictures of our tent templates on the glass, of it all being cut out perfectly to the car that we were tinting. And, you know, I posted pictures of that process. People seem to really like that. They're like, oh, it's computer cut. That's awesome. It's not being hand cut. Here's you know? the cool part. You, you geeked out in a sense. You gave content and information instead of just showing off that you were doing something. Right. right, right, that's pretty exactly. much what you said. Right, and and I love that. I love that. Anyway, so, keep going. Um, and I did start taking pictures of cars, cars that I felt like were actually good enough to take pictures <laughs> so of. You started <laughs> with the <laughs> content, <laughs> and then you went with the show off. Exactly. I like it. I like so, it. which uh, we said. I mean, you you still got to show off. Like everybody still has to show when they get a badass car. We still have car. pride yeah. as details. Yeah. We, yeah, come on. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I took those pictures. I sent them to a lot of people that I knew and ha- had them tell their friends and their family. Um, and I really wasn't into Facebook a whole lot back then, but I did share pictures of tent and stuff on Facebook too. Um, but I mainly was just trying to send them to people that I knew because I knew that they would be more likely to come into me than a random person. Um, so, uh, yeah. They call that, I think, in warm, sales and marketing. Warm market. Uh, or low-hanging fruit. You go after the lowest fruit possible yeah, that you those, can right? imagine. Right. How old are you? Uh, they have continued to, yeah, it happens. Oh, that yeah. sucks, man. I know. It is what it is. You know, it's 41. Yeah. <laughs> Just deal with it. <laughs> yeah. Marty Markets is mm-hmm. low-hanging fruit. <laughs> <laughs> Myron's <laughs> he doesn't really know how to take that comment. Hey guys, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Pints and Welcome Polishing Podcast. Pints and Polishing Podcast, where uh, we drink beer. Time. That's what happens. Uh, <laughs> Cheers to community. Right. <laughs> oh, we yeah, missed. <laughs> anyway, you're telling people about it. Uh, it catches on very quickly. You immediately go, oh, okay, I need to bring in a third revenue stream. Yeah, exactly. So I went in uh, to PPF. I wanted to do PPF. I wanted to protect cars. Uh, I knew I was already in that line of business, and I wanted to protect cars, so I knew PPF was something I wanted to do. Um, so I did a lot of studying on all the different brands of PPF, um, and I went with the company that I thought fit us in the way that we were. Uh, you slid over that too fast for me. So what studies did you do? I mean, what were you looking for? So I was looking for uh, really just um, how known different brands were, like how big different brands were. Brand recognition? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so you immediately went with the big brands? I was looking at big brands, yeah. yeah. I was looking at 3M, uh, the stock guy. I was looking at X-Cut. I was looking at Sunshine. I was looking at Dreamliner. I was looking at pretty much all the bigger brands of film that there was. Um, I ended up going with Expo uh, because I felt like they fit our business image a little better. Um, so not only that, but because I truly do feel that their product is very superior. Um, I believe in their product. I got samples from all these different 
companies, and Xtar was my favorite. So, so yeah, you you kind of went with your gut. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what you felt most comfortable with. Right. But when people are looking, like what you've looked, and what different judgments and what different things should detailers do when they're looking at PPF companies? Because we're not used. To, I don't never touched. Don't know anything about PPF. You tell somebody that, you know, what should we look for as detailers? Uh, you said that you went with the big brands and that, and then you just liked what they had, but is there specific things that people should look for as in film? As far as the product itself, yeah. I mean, you're wanting to look for a great warranty. Um, you're wanting to look for if the uh, film is self-healing, uh, how thick it is. Which is newer, though, because it didn't used to be, Self-healing's right? been around. Xtar was the first one to come out with it, and that was in 2011. Hmm. That's been around for a while. I shut my mouth. Shut it. (laughs) (laughs) So So self-healing. Yes, exactly. Self-healing capabilities, how thick the film is, which will tell you, of course, how big of rocks and stuff it can withstand. Um, And that's what I look for as well. And at the time when I was looking, Expel was the thickest film on the market, had one of the best self-healing layers that was on film, um, and had also probably the best warranty, 10 years. So, 3M is now caught up with them, and Lumar is now caught up with them. Suntech, smart on their part. Yeah, <laughs> everybody's kind of caught up. So everybody's about equal playing field now. Um, but there's some deal. Who is it that has? Wasn't there like this lawsuit with 3M? Was that? There was a lawsuit between Xpel and okay, 3M. I was thinking that was Xpel. Yeah. It's kind of like an Apple Samsung lawsuit. It was just like Xpel used to be a part of 3M back in the 90s. Uh, Xpel split off from 3M and became their own company. So, yeah, I mean, they probably were kind of stealing ideas off 3M, honestly. And so, yeah, 3M was just like, hey, they're getting pretty big, and we're going to sue them because they're taking our ideas. And it was just one lawsuit. It settled now. Um, Xpel is obviously still thriving. So, yeah. Sweet. Do we know who settled? Yeah. Um, uh, Xpel owed 3M money. Yeah, I think it was like two some odd million dollars. I think is what it was. Just up and paid it and went on. Good yeah. for them. So yeah, everything's done. They're still thriving. They're still thriving. Yep. Good for them. So, what are some other things when you've looked at multiple revenue streams that you actually? Before we get to that, I want to go back to that we talked about for a second ago when you brought up um, PPF. When you start, you've picked your film. You start installing. What are some problems that you have installing PPF? Um, as a beginner, man, you got like every problem you can think of. I mean, <laughs> what am uh, I doing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You have no clue what, what you're doing. What am I doing? So, for one, if you don't have a plotter, that's already uh, kind of a big mistake right there. Because if you don't have a plotter, you're putting this big old piece of film on a bumper, and then you got to squeegee it all down, and then you got to use a razor blade and cut on the paint the film. And if you're not careful with that blade, you will cut the paint. So when you remove that film, you'll have cut marks all in the paint. And that right there is a big, big no-no. <laughs> so that's a big mistake you can run into I right there. I have no idea what you mean. Why would that be a no-no? No, dude. Not seen. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen some oh, pretty bad yeah. stuff as well, <laughs> man. I'm so. film right now on this Tesla Roadster, and I'm like, oh, man. I've seen that. That looks horrible. I've seen adhesive everywhere. It's everywhere, dude. <laughs> it's rough. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. 
But uh, yeah, I mean that's that's one of the biggest things. So um, I eliminated that issue by having a plotter. I still have to make a small trims here and there, but Xpel actually did train us how to use a knife on paint. Um, so we're very very careful when we have to come to those situations. But but it's very little that we have to do that. Um, outside of that, uh, as a I mean kind of a beginner, I mean stretching the film properly um, and lining everything up the way you should bubbles in the film there's all types of different things that could go wrong so you really gotta have a lot of practice in order to get that film put on there correctly yeah you do good work though we hired you to do uh what a huracan and uh rolls royce yes a couple years ago and yeah. client loved it yeah and there was still even then oh, there was a couple uh, of flaws was, yeah but, but right uh, you came out took care of them it was good to go yeah it was yeah but great work yeah so what's that's interesting you said there's a couple flaws so how how what's that percentage how often do you have it's almost uh, almost every time uh, yeah pretty much every time i mean you're taking a clear film and you're putting it on paint and you're putting it i mean there's dust floating around there's things that's going to get into the film and if you don't catch it it's stuck underneath the film that's a mistake and so we try to be as clean as possible i have the guys keep the shop i mean as clean as possible sweeping every day and i've got great filters in my ac systems and that keeps it down quite a bit, but there's still times where we get stuff underneath the film. It just happens. Is that the biggest problem? That is the biggest problem. And even as a professional, you will battle that issue. Yep. Dust is the big dust. How do, and any other ways to prevent? Really to have a clean room, clean room. filtration. Yep. <laughs> I mean, which, you know, people with a whole lot of money and a lot of money in their shop, they can afford one of those. I We personally can't afford one of those. So you will be there one day, <laughs> trust me. Uh, we just keep putting in filters and yeah i just keep cleaning possible. filters i have my guys clean the shop every day i've got monthly checklists quarterly checklists so everything's always getting clean so that's what you guys do you guys wear white gloves though right? <laughs> i tried like, that like, do you go around and like put a white glove on just like yep you did a good job nope you just suck do it again we have actually tried that not about three years ago <laughs> i did that i was like no this ain't gonna work this is too cheesy <laughs> So uh, I'm not. I mean, I'm not afraid to admit that. I mean, I did try to do that. I mean, uh, but it was pretty cheesy. So sure, yeah. it would have made some good Facebook videos. Yeah, it <laughs> made, I still think you should have a big white glove and do a video and be serious and just. But talk. you should have like a big just ass, massive, huge white, white glove and just talk to your client like you're just looking <laughs> yeah, up. like normal, just like it's <laughs> <not> <laughs> and then come and wipe. Dude, the uh, don't of, wipe the paint. Mimki will have a fit, but yeah. you can wipe the inside. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> just a thought, man. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, so what are some other things if we could brainstorm of different revenue streams that detailers could bring in? Man, I've tried so many different things because uh, once I started getting the ball rolling and getting more revenue in, I wanted to keep that going. I was like, what else can I do? What else can I do? I kept trying to add stuff, but that brought along a lot of failures. I learned what uh, we shouldn't get into, what we I don't want to get into, and uh, we've done everything from – like doing, trying to do stereos. We've tried doing alarm systems. We've tried doing remote starts. We've tried doing a lot of that stuff. This wasn't our fit. This doesn't fit us. Yeah. So um, we tried that. That didn't really work <laughs> out. So I just tried sticking to everything that pertained to a detail shop. Anything, ceramic coating, PPF, uh, window tent. I mean, a lot of detailers do window tent now. Um, and then, of course, just detailing. So that's that's our main services right there. I mean, we do accessories, we do dash cams and stuff like that, but, I mean, that's a very small part of our business. 
And I think you, when I've come in, you've said the majority is the PPF. And PPF and tent. Yeah. Those are two biggest ones. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, man, it's it's been really incredible to see your growth over the years. Yeah. Um, we didn't know all your stories, so I think that was cool for me. You know, I'm sure DJ too to to know all about your yeah the way you've grown. So it's, thanks for taking the time, man. Yeah, it's no problem. Um, you know, I, I've never real been real big into the community uh, of detailers. I'm out. Uh, never been into uh, real big into the community of detailers. Um, I haven't really made relationships with other shops. I've, I'm personally kind of selfish, to be honest with you. So I keep to myself. I don't really have a life outside of work. I work here uh, probably 80 hours a week. Then I go home, sleep, come back. I don't do go out and do anything. I spend some time with uh, my significant other. You must have like three kids. <laughs> I don't have kids. <laughs> and that's something I, I mean, you guys have kids, right? I'm just making a joke. Like, you must not have kids. Right. Yeah. I mean, you guys have kids, though, right? Yes. Yeah. If I didn't, I'd be the same as you. Right. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying is that I can't imagine you guys running your businesses and having families to go home to and having to do all that because that's something I really admire about you guys. Because I don't I'm know how I could handle that. that. You're going to admire him. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's actually part of So it's interesting. Tomorrow my girls leave and go back to Florida. For, they came in for the summer. And there's a part of my business that does slow down, especially the past couple weeks. I've really slowed way down on stuff. Yeah. Because I wanted to spend some time with them before they leave. When they leave tomorrow, I've already prepped myself. Oh, oh I like – it's <laughs> – I the list I'm gonna, of things that yeah the weeks. list of things that I have that I, I mean so I get it yeah you know, I mean it's definitely which I think we're gonna do a work life balance episode very soon so yeah if and this would be a great time to tell if you're single well Dude. or you said you have a significant other if yeah. you don't have kids now and you the have the now's time. the time to work your ass off for eighty hours yep. because you don't always get that opportunity and you, you do but you'll get bitched out and you'll neglect <laughs> <laughs> you won't get no nookie nookie. Hey, well, you know, you know, for me, my significant other actually works with me here all day. So we're together all day. We go home together. It's, you know. Can I ask the tab out question now? No, you cannot. Dang it. Was it going to be about christening the new building that he got? Yep. Speaking of tab out questions. We got to rate this beer, and then you have the tab out question of the day. Okay. All right, so let's go to beer number one. The Rockies were blue, but they are no longer. That's because the beers have already been consumed. Yes, unfortunately. Unfortunately. You know, I agree with my. You know, it was okay. No, he just said it was a good beer. No, I, I think he said it was he okay. Goes, I think it was like. Beer. Hey, when I first tasted good. it, I thought it was pretty good. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, he said this is a great beer. All right, so you got to rate it one to five. Five being you're leaving right now to go get it. One, you'll never drink it again. I'll give it. Take a four. away your yeah. <laughs> take away you're not gonna drink anything ever. But just. hey, I'll give it a four. Oh wow, nicely done. Coors Light, uh, for me, I am not like DJ. I will not give it a bottom of the barrel rating. I might give it a three. Never do such a thing. You're going three? I'm going three. I'm going five. We all know that. We all know that. Bud Light Lime? I'll give that one a three. Yeah. Uh, yep. Three yep. it is. I'm going three and a half. There's so many better beers out there, but 
do like lime three hundred extra. But half. I do like it, well, I like Bud. Yeah, I just I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take Bud Light. If there's if you took the lime out of it, it was just Bud Light versus Coors Light. I'm gonna take Bud Light. Are you serious? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I just to me Coors Light just doesn't have enough flavor. It's almost too smooth. But you like Truly. Which has more flavor than Coors Light. If it's all flavor, it's not even a freaking beer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Number three. Number three, the Carbach Brewing Company out of Houston, Texas. So we went a little bit uh, microbrewery on there. Yeah, honestly, the I thought cherry that limeade one, Rattler. I thought that one was going to be pretty nasty at first, but I got to say I'll give it a four. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it I'm wasn't bad. I'm going up there, too. I'm going solid four. Yeah, I'm... Oh, I'm glad I bought the six-pack. I'm going to enjoy it this weekend and would probably even go grab another. I Take like that beer. No, no, no. I, I got a yard to mow. You sure? Yep. I got a car to detail. Good thing, Mr. Patterson. I brought you an oh, additional oh, course night for you. Love it. There you go. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Appreciate it. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm going to go four or five on this. I really liked it. it was a, I, I like Rattlers anyway. And that extra little cherry flavor was I, cherry on the top. You like it on the tip. It's cherry. Yeah. All right. You got a tab out question for us? Uh, actually, I do. Um, actually, for DJ. Um, what is the – what made you want to go eco with your mobile detailing? Or like, did you just fall into that, or did you have that vision before you started? Okay, so why I went eco-friendly? So great tab out question. That's a great question. Uh, so backstory, I'll try to keep it really quick. So Marty owned the car wash up the street, Zuds. That's now Big G Cruise and Auto Spa. And long story short, he went to chemical cells. Well, I had the opportunity to go mobile, but I couldn't do that because I had a 1999 Ford Contour. And he's like, "Bro, there's this product you can use that requires no water at all." I'm like, "Sweet, I can quit now, work out of the trunk of my car, and go detail cars on my own." So I did that. And I was using the waterless as a, uh, I wouldn't say a crutch, but it was a good tool to use because I only had a Ford Contour, and that's all I had. So I couldn't have a, I didn't have money for a power washer. I didn't have money to go do whatever that mobile guys do with water. Uh, and I just, I just adapted that method and mastered it, and it was just easier for me. It was, it's more easy for me to wash car without water than it is with water now. Like, it just, it just is. I can't, you give me a water hose and a power wash, like, sure, I can do it, but I'm way more familiar with the waterless process and then i'm like okay hold on like this is kind of a big deal how much water are we saving 100 gallons per car oh shoot like and then i just began to dig into okay how can we become more now i started braining myself as more green okay what can we use that's plant-based for the interiors what can we use this and i just became to began to organically dive into the green sector and i was like you know what this is it yeah and i became more passionate about it as time progressed right okay yeah so yeah, you just kind of realized that you were being eco-friendly, I was and you making a you, difference. Yeah, and I'm like, wow, I didn't know that. I, at first, I'm like, I have an m- option to make money out of the trunk of my car, stupid zero, like almost little to nothing startup yeah. cost, and I just yeah, I realized what I was I was doing and kept on doing it and made it to where it is today. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, great question, man. Yeah, <laughs> sweet, nice. All right, so give us your social handles. Well, where can people find you at? Mm-hmm. Uh, find me on Facebook. Just uh, Facebook. Yeah, I guess not social. <laughs> yeah. Just only yep. one social. Well, I'm on Instagram too, but um, you can just search White Glovato um, on Facebook and or Instagram. I'm on both. I'm trying to build Instagram up. So, <laughs> ah. so no hash, no underscores, no nothing. It's just uh, I do uh, hashtag WGA. 
on just about all of our posts. Nice. So, cool. So, Mr. Sweet. Patterson? Mr. Patterson, you can find us at Pints Polishing Podcast on IG or Facebook. Yeah. Back up. All right. And. <laughs> okay. Yep. Or at DJ Patterson on Eco Green. Or, excuse me, at DJ Patterson on IG <laughs> or Facebook. <laughs> I'm going to put that beer aside. I got him. Yep, you got me. Uh, at DJ Patterson or Eco Green MD on all socials. So, yeah. And we're Total Auto Solutions or Marty Yellow Hill. That is us. Hey, Myron, thanks so much, man. Appreciate the time. It's late in the day. Uh, I know you He's said got you still got to do. stuff I'm still to do. working, yeah, man. Back out there. <laughs> yeah. So, thank you very much, man. Thanks Marty's for the time. Marty's going to need some free labor, so. <laughs> Uh, free labor, right? No, no, this is the last night with my kids. I'm going to go have uh, dinner. I was pretty sure you said you was going to stay. That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you might have misunderstood. I said DJ. <laughs> I said one of us will stay. I was meaning DJ will stay. That's what I was really meaning. All right, meaning. Well, yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, All right, you got good free labor now, not just free labor. Now he's you got a camera guy. Dude, don't ever ask him for free labor. <laughs> he's going to be recording and just walking around like <laughs> All right, guys, have a great night. See ya. What's going on, guys? This is Sarah, Blue Mermaid Detailer with Auto Wash Co. out in Denver, Colorado. I'm here today to give you guys a few environmental tips while detailing or running your detailing business. First, corks. Instead of throwing those away or attempting to recycle them, those are actually an awesome, awesome tool to use to get micro marring and scratches out of glass. This does help dramatically if you're applying any sort of coating or uh, wax to a front and back windshield. You want to try and get as much of those mars and scratches out that you can. Or if you're doing a windshield repair, cork is an awesome tool to help with that as well. So make sure to reuse your corks and once you're done, clean them off, then go ahead and recycle them. Donating your microfiber towels when you're done using them is an awesome thing to do. So instead of throwing away microfiber towels that you can no longer use for your business, go ahead, clean them, and donate them to either a homeless shelter or a pet shelter. I promise you will make a huge difference in somebody's life.